Good evening and thanks for watching the latest edition of Goodwin Boxing Instagram Live. It's probably been the first day that I have, I've just kept myself well away from uh, all the political stuff and uh, the uh, stuff with Cummings and everything else. It's got to the stage where for me, I've just about had enough. I think we all have and uh, hopefully it's, uh, it's just dealt with very quickly if they're going to deal with it. But uh, it's not great, but hopefully... Um, there's better news with vaccines out there and treatments and stuff like that. So hopefully it will let us get back to a bit more normal, not only in boxing, but in terms in life. So today, um, today we have four guests. Uh, hopefully everybody's able to join us and I'll start from the back first at 7.30. We have a young man, a 26 year old man uh, from Sussex, Mark Butler, very, very talented young boxer. Um, he is 2-0 with 1KO and a lot, a big, big future ahead of him. Before then, at 20 past 7, we have Darren Townley, <coughs> a young man from Plymouth who's had an up-and-down career, and we'll be talking to him about that. 10 past 7, we've got a very interesting uh, person joining us, Jordan Foster. Does a lot of work for um, boxers, a lot of PR, and we'll be talking to him about what he does in the, in the role of boxing. And at seven o'clock, we've got one of the stalwarts of boxing of times gone past since I was involved, Tommy Gilmore, who's now ventured into the world of darts. He now looks after people like Gary Anderson, uh, but hes I don't think he's, he's involved in boxing anymore. We're going to try and get hold of Tommy now and speak to him. Uh, one of the people that people I looked up to when I started out in boxing was Tommy. Let's see if we can track him. Tommy, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. And how are you? Yeah, good to, good to see you, my friend. Good to see you. I was, I was just saying that when I started off 10 years ago, you were one of the, I'd say, the top top people in the sport, weren't you, at that time? Well, it would be nice to think that we, we played our part somewhere along the line. Yeah, you had, well, you had some big, you had some champions, didn't you? Quite a few of them. Oh, I've had, a, I've had a few. I think it, six world champions and European and British and Commonwealth and been involved in about 70 world title fights. So I suppose we'll probably... It was either that or get a real job. <laughs> so what was... What was the... Um, who was the most difficult boxer you ever had to look after? Oh, the most difficult? Um. Probably the one that I had a lot of fond memories. I, I, I had a boy who fought for the, the British Championship, uh, Ronnie Carroll, because yep. I think in, in the 40 odd years that I was managing, he was the only one who ever got the better of me because <laughs> he used to just he used to just laugh at me and and he would go and charge things to my room and buy everybody in the bar drinks. And stuff like that. So it was a fun time, and and it's only because he made me laugh that I let him away with it. But he was he was a good lad deep down, you know. Some problems with some of the other the other ones, which they they were problems. But a wee bit like my fellow Scotsman with uh, Alec Ferguson, when there's yeah. problems in the dressing room, get rid of them. And what and what I mean, looking back, and you had a brilliant career in boxing. What would be your favourite moment if you could choose one of, of all of the things that happened to you? Oh, I think I think the, the, the most important, I think that the first time when 
when I had the first British champion in Steve Boyle. Uh, that that meant something. Um, but to promote the Pat Clinton World Championship fight and manage my first world champion and manage and promote my first world champion, and it was always done. It was done in such a shoestring manner. But I, I had every every penny I had in the world was was put onto that, and we were so we were so poor that you know my two kids and my wife we done everything. We designed posters. We we drove them to the printers. We we sat and made plastic coatings for everything was done, and I think that was so special. Yeah, you know, and to do that before I was forty, because at, at that time it was still quite difficult to get a shot at a world championship. I mean. My dad, who had been in the, the business for 40 or 50 years and had recognised in that Fleischer book, one of the top managers in the world, only ever had two people box for a world championship. I'd two, had two of them boxing the same night for a world championship. So times had changed over uh, from the 50s onwards. Mm. I mean, so what would have been, towards the end of, of boxing, how did, you, how did you feel it was going and how do you feel boxing is today compared to what it was when you were sort of flying in the business? Well, I, I think I think back then, you know, we didn't have the benefit of the internet, which has brought its, its good points, and it's also got its bad points because everybody's an expert now. Uh, and I think that they, they were more involved because of the internet and Instagram and, and Facebook and everything else. Everybody wants to be famous. Mm. The only thing we ever wanted to do was make money. It didn't matter if we were famous or not. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but again, that's maybe me as a canny Scotsman. But so I think the internet and everything, I liked, I liked the, the, the live public. The idea of having the live public and you had to get out, you know, banging the drums and making sure that there were stories in the paper. No, all you need to do is put it, put it on the internet, push a button, and thousands of people. And I miss the, I miss the old... And photography conferences. They were fun. I mean, I remember, and it, it, it's maybe, you know, I was doing the show with Barry Hearn when he was promoting Chris Eubank. And Barry wasn't there this particular day. He says, you take the press conference. Because Barry normally, he was, he was the best front man in the world. So... Uh, mm. You know, I just done, I was in nuts and bolts. I was the engineer. Um, but we, ha we had Ray Close fighting Chris Eubanks. And Ray, Ray Close came in, and there were still all the troubles and everything in Ireland, and Glasgow's very much like Belfast and everything with, with the problem. So one of, Ray, Ray Close was a Mormon by religion. And all we ever worry about in Glasgow is Celtic and Rangers and everything else. So one of, one of the, one of the, the Scots reporters said to, to uh, Ray, he said, John, you're a Mormon. He said, yes, I am, sir. He said, are you a Catholic Mormon or a Protestant Mormon? <laughs> <laughs> These are the things that you don't get on the internet. That was live camera, and that was funny. And everybody took it as fu funny and no derogatory in any manner. And and it, and it's that more intimate part that uh I do. And and also going back then, the the promoters and the managers and the license holders, we can we controlled what was happening because we had a vote at the boxing board. Mm. But the boxing board uh worked very, very hard to make sure that even although it was 
we were the license holders and their shareholders. They worked so hard to make sure that we had no vote with our money. And that, that to me, was a very, very backward step. And I still think it's a backward step. We need to, to make We're all making Dominic Cummings accountable. We're, we're coming in now and contacting our MP and saying, well, what, what are you doing that? Very difficult to do that now. So, but what can I say? I had 50, 50 wonderful years and, and with a lot of success. And, and it's nice. It's nice that somebody remembers that I was there. <laughs> was, that, was Barry Hearn the closest promoter that you was? Would he be your the promoter you were closest to out of all the big ones? He was, he was, he was my pal. You know, we, well, uh, we, the first time we met, I think we had a great and grudging respect for each other. Didn't they dislike one another, but we were only madly in love. And then when we when we got together and, and uh, you know, it was another English promoter, Jack Trickett, who had said, you should speak to Tommy. And and, and in Barry's words, Barry went, it's hard work. <laughs> and and that's probably, that was probably one of the nicest things that he ever said about me in the 30 odd years we've been friends. You know, because that was probably what I was famous for. It was hard work. But uh, we we done it. We done a few shows, and we we became family friends. And I'm very friendly with you know with his son and daughter. And they're, they're friendly with my son and daughter. And it's very very difficult. I, I can hardly think at any time in the history of the last sixty seventy years where there were two people. I mean, I speak I speak to him two or three times a week to, just to to fill in in the gossip, and also because he's my pal and. He can tell me where to go, and I can tell him. And we have we have arguments like you do with your wife. But a true friend is the fallen date's forgotten, and that's that's and it. And his son's I'm, doing a good job as well, isn't he? I mean, ah, Eddie's doing a great. Ah, Eddie's doing a great job, you know. But uh, they, I think I think that he's ideally suited for this. The whole new explosion of the internet and everything to do with the internet, you know. With Barry, with Barry and I, you know, I think we've been quoted a few times in the paper that just said, it's probably boxing's answer to Barnum and Bailey, you know. <laughs> and I, I'm not really sure whether that was a good thing or a bad thing, but it was said anyway. <laughs> but now you've moved on You've moved on to darts now, haven't you? I, well, that's Barry Hermit's to blame for that, because he knew I was retiring, and I think it was the right time to, to retire, you know, because I never, ever wanted to be one of these people who overstayed their welcome or who went out of the game. I was retiring when I was 55. I'm 68 now. I was retiring when I was 55. And Barry talked me out. He told me I was far too young at 55. So I, I carried on to eventually. I spoke to him. Uh, and he said, I've got this darts player. He said, it's one to come over. I went, Barry, I've never even played a game of darts in my life. That doesn't matter, he says. He says, you and him, he says, will be the greatest partnership he said about, he says. And I think it's because the two of us are a bit kind of stubborn, but Gary Anderson and I. And within 20 minutes, he became, I became his manager. And the next few times, and we, we renewed the, the contract. And now, now it would be like the breaking up of a marriage, you know. Uh, and technically, we have some, some agreement somewhere, but in technical terms, we just get on, and that's that. That's a lovely thing. And we ended up with a few other players because of that. 
but I'm more or less like Gary, personal manager. We've got another 10 players uh, that we have, but my daughter Stephanie, who uh, was, uh, because things have changed so much, as you know, in your own business, with, with GDPR and all the bits and pieces that go, she she's spends more time with the lawyer in the last two years than I spent with the lawyers in 40 years. So the world is changing and we need young people coming through. Where Barry needs Eddie, I need Stephanie. And the, the two of them do a brilliant job. But it, it, it's nice still to keep in touch, you know. Like, say, you've spoken to me tonight and during the week there, I'll speak to Graham Lockwood, who used to be old matchmaker. I still keep in touch with Paddy Byrne, who's in, who's in a... Uh, an old folks home and I keep in touch with Ron Gray and, and John Celebanski. And they, you know, I keep you know, the the school of the school of fifty nine you can say that's what we we, we we keep together and you know, I think we keep swapping stories in case one day one of forgets. <laughs> <laughs> so do you do you actually go to the darts and watch it or do you just manage I do. manage from afar? I do but I'm and and that's why I'm still in the darts because I get the same buzz for watching Gary Anderson and the other boys playing as I got from the boxing. When something is no going right, I don't talk, which is very unusual. I sit there with the clenched fists and palpitations and everything else, you know, because it even goes back to the boxing when Jawi Khalid was defending his world championship. And thing wasn't going just as well as I thought. And I just started wearing glasses at the time, but not on a permanent basis. So I had my glasses in my top pocket and I'm watching and things is not going great. And all of a sudden, Jav knocked the Russian down. Well, a great punch went down. And I went for a sitting position straight up in the air. But as I was going up, I grabbed my breast pocket and... Simon Block, who was sitting at ringside, said, Tommy's taking a heart attack. And he sent the paramedics round. But thankfully he was wrong, because I was only stopping the glasses shooting out my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Tommy, it's been such a pleasure talking to you. I, I admired you when I came into the sport as being one of the guys that, you know, I'd look up to and try and, you know, try and take inspiration from. So really, really great to talk to you, Tommy. And, uh, I wish you all the very best going forward in your darts, and I hope you stay a long time in the dart business as well. Well, hopefully we'll hopefully we will catch up, and and it's it's a delight to to, to be on, you know, because this is a world this is a world exclusive tonight. I know, Tommy Gilmer has Instagram. Tommy Gilmer has never done Instagram. <laughs> I believe I've got an account, and I, I think I've got a Facebook account, and I've got a Twitter account. But it's not really me, because I don't know how to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Take care, Tommy. Really good speaking to you, my friend. Thanks very good, much. And good luck with the, your other three guests tonight, Steve. Oh, it's thanks been a lot, Tommy. Absolute pleasure. Thank Take you. Care. So whilst we're waiting for Tommy to switch off, and thank you very much for him for coming on, um, we're going to be speaking next to Jordan Foster, who's a PR man in the world of boxing. And he does a hell of a lot for a lot of boxers. So we'll next be speaking to Jordan about what he does and how he works with all the fighters. So let's get hold of Jordan. There we go. It was very good having Tommy on. He's somebody that's done everything, world champions, and now he's got uh, 
Gary Anderson and Darts players. Amazing man. Jordan, how are you? I'm good, Steve. How are you, mate? I'm not bad. I'm not bad. What are you, what are you up to in the lockdown? Uh, working. Working away. Um, nothing's really changed for me. I'm still working from home. Um, but yeah, what about yourself? Are you in a routine? Yeah, well, I'm, I say I am because I've got my proper job to do, my financial advising job, and that's, I am absolutely flat out doing that from home and meetings all day long, so it's good. And obviously the boxing's, to a certain extent, we've got to wait and see how everything plays out, haven't we? So, What are your thoughts on that? I honestly can't see, I can't even, we're taking the best case scenario with, um, with uh, the medicines and the, and the potential things that are coming. I can't see us being back before March next year. Really, it's February, March next year. A small hall. I can't see it, but no. I, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. Yeah, it's going to be a tough one, isn't it, Steve? It's going to be. I think it's tough for a lot of boxers as well during this time, and it's it's tough for everyone. Everyone's suffering. Aren't sure. They? I mean, the thing is, I'm I'm not I'm, I'm not sure you're going to. Well, I don't think you're going to get people wanting to go to places like your call if the virus is out there. So unless the virus just disappears or a vaccine comes, it's going to take a while till there can be a treatment and people get the confidence back. And, and you know, in the best case scenario with a vaccine is September, October, by which time we're, people are maybe more comfortable by December, but we won't have the lead in time to run shows. So it does look, unless we get backing to next year, and, and there's an argument that if the medicine doesn't come, that you might not even be back in March. But I'm hopeful that the vaccine they've got at Oxford is going to work. So, I'm, you know, that's what I'm basing it on. And then, you know, you might be able to get a very small show out in December, something like that. But, mm. you know, it remains to be seen. So tell us about what you what you actually do in boxing and the role that you perform. Well, actually, the, the boxing role is, is quietened down for the time being. So, yeah. obviously, I, I did stuff with Portobello, um, which was mine. Um, I started that in hospital and grew that to a certain level. Worked with Charlie Duffield for a fight he had on Sky. And then one thing led to another. I put the case study from that on online. And yeah, base, a very long-winded short story. Hector Bellerin's uh, business partner saw it and then pulled me into his company to do basically what I was doing in boxing, but for footballers and boxers. Oh, that's oh, perfect. Perfect. There's more money in football. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, there is. And... Uh, I'd imagine a bit like yourself, football was, was probably a first love. Yeah. Um, so, but I'm always grateful for the boxing. But yeah, so it's something that I enjoy. And now at Be Engaged, which is uh, the company, we're now looking to get into boxing. But there's obviously a few barriers and a few people that maybe you need to manoeuvre around sometimes yeah. that you want to steer clear of. Um, but yeah, so but the same role really. So just, it's kind of weird because I know you, you and Kevin and Martin preach it a lot. For some reason, footballers are quite happy to have this like fan engagement going on when there's no real benefit to them. They're always going to get paid. Yet you have boxers who a lot of stuff is based on how many fans they've got, and they're not really that bothered a lot of the time. They're not really bizarre, isn't it? It's bizarre. You get you get some of them, but a large proportion of them don't, do they? They just it's, it's very strange. And then and some of those are the ones. I'm not talking about boxers under my management, but these are the boxers that struggle to sell tickets, and then. You see them on social media saying, oh, this business, it's a terrible business. And you do think, you look at it and think, but you're doing nothing to help yourself. No, I mean, that is a sticker. Yeah, that's a, yeah. I mean, I'll give you an example. I've got, I've got Brad Pauls and Linus Udofia, two of my fighters. 
both of them bust their balls with PR. You know, Linus is always yeah. down at Luton. He goes to all the amateur fights. Brad's busting his balls and his brother down in, in Cornwall. They they work so hard to build their fan bases up and they've succeeded massively. And But others don't bother and they think it's going to come to them and it really isn't. It just really isn't. Uh, I agree with you totally. I, agree I, with you. I think there's even fighters on... There's certain fighters at the minute I was trying to explain to someone who's quite heavily linked with CBD and I was trying to explain to him that it's very all well and good keep preaching about the CBD that he may or may not have shares in, but no other company is going to want to come on board because all they see on your timeline is you just going on about CBD. There's no story. There's no, you're not giving anything back to fans. There's nothing about you. And they just can't see it. It's just, it's just a case of, well, I'm on Sky, so I get, I give a massive exposure. You don't, you don't really. No, it's got, it's got, move past that now. I mean, yeah, I mean, look, I've, I've, I've followed what you do and, you're very, you're very clued up on the PR world. You really, you really get it, and uh, it is. I mean, I'm sure boxers would, um, would help. But even if you're helping a boxer, they've still got to. It's not going to all fall in their lap. They've got to do a lot of it themselves. Yeah, as well. and yeah, and that's the thing with. So we did something at work with Hector the other day. Um, we were doing some PR with him, and it's always, is that the right answer? Should I be saying that? What can I say here? With boxers, a lot of the time, if oh, yeah, do you fancy doing it? Oh, have I got doing it with you? Oh, okay. Um, it's, always, it's a pointless task then. If, if that's the way you look at it, it's, it's, it's pointless for everyone. But are, uh, yeah, are you are you an Arsenal fan? No, I'm a, a QPR home and away. But Arsenal, are my prime team, second team, <laughs> just because of Hector. We have a few clients at Arsenal. We have Rob Holding, Reese Nelson. We do a lot of work with Serge Nabry. Um So I, I do have that Arsenal link after. But I hear you're an Arsenal fan. I'm a big Arsenal fan. I I had a season ticket. From, I started in 69, 1969, and I think I gave up I gave up my season ticket probably about seven years ago. I said I would never go to a game while Arsene Wenger was manager again. I was, so, <laughs> I was so sick of him that I said that I gave up my season ticket. And to be honest, I haven't I've gone back to the odd game, but I've not because I just felt I just felt that um you know, I just felt that he'd become a dictator at the club and I wasn't happy with what was going on. So <laughs> and I thought we were never going to win anything ever again with him. So I was happy. I just wanted him to go, and I'm glad he did. And obviously, we didn't get a great manager in replace. But I think um, I think Arteta's got the right idea. So hopefully, you'll, but it, but I mean, the damage that Wenger caused in the end is going to take a long time um, for somebody to come in and, and sort it out. So not a fan at all, are you, Steve? Not a Wenger. Well, I was. I think I think he was the best manager in the world. Yeah. Best manager in the world. But he got old, he got um, too set in his ways, and he no longer had that talent of spotting the players like he did when he got the French originally. And he, and he lost his touch. It's the same in my business. When you've got a fund manager looking after funds, a fund manager can be brilliant for eight or ten years, but you've got to know when to jump off him and move to the next fund manager because they all go on too long. They all get too old. and they all Savage. Nothing so, else, Steve. Yeah, well, listen, I'm still, good thing about me, I'm still going strong at 57, so I've still got life, life in me yet, but I think Steve. some people, they get, they just, they just lose it, but no, I mean, Hector Bellerin's a, he's a great, he's a great, he's a great player, and I mean, he's a vegan, isn't he? So he's, Yeah, he's a vegan, he does a lot in, he doesn't buy anything um, new now, everything's from charity shops, every camera oh, yeah. he gets is, yeah, he's very much on the, he's very eco-friendly. Oh, is he, yeah, he's, he comes across. He comes across very, very well. He does Bellerin, so no, it's good. He's, a, so, he's an example. In if you do it right, what can be achieved? Um, because he's probably now a voice of the Arsenal dressing room in some ways. 
a lot of what he says carries weight. Um, and I, I think for boxers, I don't know why, but it's just a slower process drilling that into them that there, there is benefits. Some are very good. Some take it on board. But I mean, in the, when we looked at, well, when we looked at the commercial market in the UK for boxers, there's not many making the most of it, if you're honest. No. no. I mean, it's something that I think, especially after the COVID, it's going to be even more difficult. So yeah. those that, it's, I think it's going to be harder for the smaller hall boxers to sell tickets. It's going to be harder for people to get a present. So it's going to be a, a suppressed market. So they've got to work even harder at it. And if not, I always say when a boxer turns over with me, you've got two jobs. You've got fighting and you've got marketing and promoting yourself. If you don't like either job, stay amateur, go unlicensed, become an electrician, do something else with your life. Because, and it's being honest, but none of them could ever say I never told them the truth. Because if you can't do both jobs, don't do it because there is no career. You can't have a fighter come from the small hall who sells 60 tickets and get, and get a deal with Eddie Hearn or Frank Warren. They're not going to sign them. So, no, they, they, you know, unless they've got some exceptional talent. So you've got to develop both, both things. And they need, they need help sometimes, but they've also got to have the will, as, we, as you would know, to, to do it. Um, but yeah, I mean, so... Do you see your future more in more in football now going forward? Then I know you're going. I don't really know. I think at the minute I'm I'm just I'm just happy doing what I'm doing. What I did find is when I went in, I was a bit like, "Oh, is there anything you can really take here into into football?" But it's the same principles. It's it's, it's the same stuff. Um, it's just how receptive the athlete is to, to to your ideas. And even now, you get you might give a player some ideas for their socials, and like, no, they don't want to do it or. Even yeah. basic stuff, like when we had lockdown, we came up with an idea of our players playing, so for every young supporter of the club they play for, playing FIFA or COD whilst they yeah. were in lockdown, if it was their birthday. And some are really good but and, and do it, but then you propose the same idea to boxers, and they're like, no, I'm not doing that. And it's like, well, yeah, at some point you have to give something back, because really you're charging a lot of money for some shows at small level aren't the best. I mean, I think we're lucky with Goodwin. But some are, some aren't so good. So if you if you're if sure. you want people to pay money, then you then you got to get you got give them something back. And some, I mean, I say some of the shows are so bad. All it does, a boxer fights on some of those shows, and all it does is damages damages them because people won't ever go back again. Boxers have to be very yeah. careful what shows they fight on when they're starting off in their career because fighting on the wrong shows can ruin them. And that that is a hundred percent true. I've found it so many times. So one of the things I wanted to ask you, Steve is you could have been successful in your other career, in your financial career. Why did you make the jump into boxing? Because I'm going back 10 years. My daughter hadn't been that well, and she wanted to do a boxing show. So she wanted to be a promoter, and it was one of the things I promised her. And then she said, well, I want to do it now. And I thought, oh, shit, what have we got to do now? So literally, I went and got a promoter's license. We put on a show in Milton Keynes. See, literally, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Put on a show at Milton Keynes, got ripped off by all the boxing scumbags, right? They all stole tickets, stole money. It was like a baptism yeah. of fire walking into it. And I thought, never want to do this again. But the board said they wouldn't let Olivia promote a show for 12 months. So I had to keep it going. I had to keep it going for 12 months. And then once I'd done it for 12 months, I was sort of captured. And I thought, oh, well, I can try and make a bit of a difference. And, and that was it. And so I sort of stayed in it. And then then I said to my wife, I'm go I think I'll become a boxing manager. And she said, because I used to have a horse racing business that was massive. We had 24 racehorses all running around Europe. And, um, oh, wow. and that was still going on at the same time as this at that time. And um, she said, listen, I don't want you doing any more stuff. It just carries on. 
And I said, look, I promise you I'll only have seven boxes and that'll be it. And obviously it went out of control and then my son Josh got involved and then we stayed in it and Kevin joined. And so it's just sort of an accident really, but I haven't done it for money. I've done it for the passion of the sport and I do it because I want to see people succeed, but it is a hard business to be in because no matter, it's like you, no matter how ethical you are and decent you are as a human being, which I am, you're still going to get somebody put a knife in your back. And it happens. And and I found that really difficult at first, but I've just got used to it now. And I just, I just sort of respect the ones that don't put the knife in my back. But unfortunately in this world of boxing, it's just exacerbated that behavior. But if, you know, that's how I got into it. But if I'd known what I know now, would I do it? I don't know. But it's, it's just Mm. something I love to help the the fighters develop. And I think I'm very good at what I do in managing their careers. So I carry on doing it. And, uh, I think we'll continue to do it, but accepting the fact that I used to get so upset when I got stabbed in the back, it, it made me feel ill for a week or, but now oh, wow. I, some, a boxer can tell you one day, right? You're the best person ever. They've won a title. You've done this, you've done that, you've done this for them. They would never be where they were without you. You've been amazing. You've got them on big shows. You've done this, you've done that. They're wonderful. And two months later, they'll say to you, Oh, I think it's I think it's the end of the road now because somebody's tapped them up. It's just unbelievable, oh. and that's what you have to deal with. No matter what somebody says to you, you can never be one hundred percent sure that they really, really mean it, and that's quite sad. That's quite sad. Yeah, yeah, that's not the best, is it? Okay. <laughs> Apart from that, <laughs> that's what we live in. But I'm still here, still going strong, and it still yeah. doesn't make doesn't poison the way that I doesn't yeah. poison the way that um, I deal with people. I deal with everybody still the same and I treat everybody as if they're going to treat me back the same way. And that's really, you know, that's what we've got to, that's what we've got to do. But yeah. So, so going forward then you, I mean, where do you live yourself? You live in West London, do you? Lower Sunbury. So what what made you get into boxing? (laughs) Let me ask you the same question. Uh, Yeah. A bit of a weird one. Um, So I studied journalism at uni. Um, didn't really know where I was going, but kind of flagged that I was going to try and get into sports journalism to my dad. Um, and then woke up one morning and thought, Christ, I'm actually going to have to put the wheels in motion here because he was on at me. Um, started doing a bit of blogging, then started working for the locals. Uh, then ended up working for an agency and covering QPR in the Premier League. Um, perhaps I was a little bit difficult sometimes, but I was young. And then from there, I won an award with the FA for Best Young Sports Journalist. And then after winning that on, say, the Saturday, the following Monday, an editor texted me and said, oh, George Grove's press conference this week, do you fancy it? But I didn't know anything about boxing. But I'd watched his fight against Frotch, which he just had. And I said, yeah, yeah, I fancy it. Anyway, I turned up to this restaurant in Hammersmith thinking that I was going to get led through to, like, this room of the press conference. And it was an intimate lunch with him. And I had to say to him, George, I don't know anything about boxing. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just here for, for what I thought was a press conference and to take notes. But he was really nice. Um, his coach at the time was Paddy Fitzpatrick and Barry O'Connell. Yeah. Um, and then Barry's like, why don't you come back to the gym after? So I went back to the gym, met some of his fighters and yeah, was kind of blown away by their work ethics. I said, oh, I'll get you some interviews out there. Then was getting interviews out there and then fell really ill because uh, I've got really aggressive Crohn's. So I had my whole stomach, my stomach split and I had that taken out. So I spent like six months in hospital. Um, and while I was in hospital, one of the boxers that I got an interview said, has it been published? So my mum was checking my phone. I was like, there's a message from so-and-so. So I was explaining, I said, told her to text back, say this, put it here. And uh, next day, text back again. So my mum was going between like messaging the whole time. And in the end, I just said that, just tell him, 
tell him I'll write the message and, and I said, tell him what to put up in his Facebook and Twitter. And then out of nowhere, one of his mates texted, oh, I heard you just did this for so-and-so, could you do it for me? And I was like, there might be something here. And uh, when I was looking around, I was thinking, these boxers, to be honest, other than yourself and Matchroom, I didn't really see anyone making the most of social media. So I thought um, maybe there's something here for it. And then, yeah, at the peak, it had about 25 clients. Um, but a bit like you, I was maybe getting to the end of my tether with being stabbed in the back, threatened by managers. And I thought, maybe this is time to exit. And then the job in football kind of was offered to me and it was a, it was a no-brainer, really. Well, that, well, that's good. Just so you know, just so we keep getting a load of questions coming through here. This, this is not about answering questions today. If anybody wants to ask boxing questions, we do a Facebook Live, we do a Facebook Live on 6.30 every Sunday and we'll answer as many questions as you, as you want. So anybody watching this wants to ask questions, somebody's asking me about, about the legal side of boxing, I'll happily talk to you about it on Sunday night on Facebook Live at 6.30. Um, You've got more coming in, mate. More questions. Jordan, yeah. So, Jordan, listen, thank you very much for coming on tonight. Very much appreciated. So you still there? We're still going. Still there. So Jordan, thanks a lot. It's really we've ever spoken, and it's really good speaking to you. Um, so now we spoke to Jordan. We're going to move on to Darren Townley, a very very talented kid from Plymouth. So sorry we're a bit behind. We've had some good guests on tonight, and it's been really good fun. So let's uh, try and find Darren Townley. Both Jordan and Tommy have been excellent guests and really have been able to... Darren, how are you? Steve, how's it going? All right? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, good. Thank you, man. Very good. How, is, how, are, you, how are you coping with lockdown? Um, it's a little bit of a struggle. It's very boring and you know what it's like as a boxer. It's, it's hard. I'm, I'm not having a goal there. It's just pretty hard to get motivated for anything. But we've been trying to, trying to train every day and just keep busy, you know? I like to keep busy. i just stuck at home. I'm doing nothing, you know? But, but yeah, we've been doing it yeah. most days, so just trying to keep busy. Now, you're at home with your other half, are you? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, she loves her training as well. So we've been going down the park training or at the gym. Oh, that's know. good. Yeah, that's good. Cool, yeah. So your career was temporarily put on hold. And I think it was fair to say you've had a sort of a bit of a up and down career. You've got a 10 and 3 record, haven't you? And yeah. You've, you've won your last two. You're building back up again. Yeah. Um, it's sort of been, it's a bit strange. I mean, obviously, the dream, we need to get you a Southern Area title. That's, that's what, that's what yeah. the aim is, isn't it? Yeah, that's, that's my end goal. I mean, um, each kind of target I'll hit, I'll set my next target. And, and my next goal is the Southern Area. Um, or that, that's a dream come true, you know. Like, I've only, I'm 30, 32 now. So, mm -hmm. I mean, what have I got? Probably another three, three four fights in me. So, yeah, ideally, if I if I was to get a shot at the Southern Area, that would mean so much to me, you know. Yeah, I mean, at the moment you've got um, the Southern Area was due to be contested by Jamani Camiro and Conor Vian, wasn't it in May? Yeah, yeah. And I guess that will be rescheduled. Yeah. Um, if Jamani wins it, I'd imagine he may move on, so that may create the opportunity for you to yeah, yeah. have a crack at it. So, um, okay. yeah, it's it's difficult, but I mean, again, we've still got a, a date. Although I can't see it happening. We've got. Plymouth book for the end of October, but we mm. need, I think it's going to be a push to, for that to happen. Yeah, I think no, I, I totally agree. yeah, yeah. I mean, I was just, like you said, I think it was with Jordan, you said about the, the crowds, you know, with like the, the Guildhall venue, it's a brilliant venue, but I mean, 
if you've got a thousand people, well, people are not going to buy tickets, are they, you know? You can't blame them, not until that's, they feel safe. People yeah, have got yeah. to feel safe, haven't they, to do that. So, yeah. and, and even if we get a vaccine in September or treatment in September, it's too early to be able, it's, it's just going to come too soon, I think. But yeah. listen, we'll have to go, we'll have to go into next year, we'll go where we want, but we've got to step it up for you and uh, yeah. and get you going. So, I mean, tra training-wise, what's your training setup now going forward? Um, at the moment, as you know, I've got I've got my own gym now, so it's ideal. I can still get in the gym and do a bit of training. So, but with the lockdown, it's like you said, it's it's, it's quite demotivating. So, but I'm still training. I'm still training every day. I'm going down the park training. We, to be fair, like like I said, I, I like to have a goal in place. So we've set challenges. I've set myself challenges to be doing step sprints, doing the steps, and uh, I've been I've been looking at um, trying to do building. So I've been doing like a with a um, Empire State, we've done that, which was like 1,600 steps. And then we're looking at um, the Mount Everest, which is like, oh, it's ridiculous. It's like, it'd take like a week to do, but I just love, I love having a challenge and a focus, you know what I mean? Yeah, so what, when, when, you, when, you, when, you, when you finish your career in boxing, is yeah. boxing going to be something you stay in or when yeah. you finish, it will, yeah? Yeah, 100%. You know, I've got, I got my gym now and I love that. Um, uh, I just And I love teaching the kids, the young lads, and they, they love it, you know, that, and they they got a lot of respect for me, so I just I just find a real good passion in that, and it's almost the same buzz of when I'm in there, you know. Like I love just seeing them do well, you know, and and seeing them improve. It really gives me a buzz, you know. So I well, think that is definitely the next thing that I'll be. I think I mean, a lot a lot a lot of ex pros do that, don't they? They go to coaching and, but yeah, I think that's what I'll find my passion in next, you know. I mean, what I always find strange about you because I think you're one of the nicest guys in boxing, <laughs> and. and I, I sort of find you're so gentle and so nice yeah. and kind and, and yet you go in the ring and there you are sort of having a go it's sort of how yeah. you switch from one to the other it's uh yeah yeah it's, it's quite amazing but yeah i mean so see so where is your gym based down um i'm based in in Plymouth, where i live um it's a little place called plimstock so it's quite out of the way really i mean we've got a few good gyms in Plymouth now so it's all good, yeah, yeah. And what, and what do you do there? And what, where do you what do you do? Is it PT? Do you do PTing in there? Yeah, I do a bit of personal training. Um, I'm just in the process of getting affiliated with um, England Boxing, yeah. which has been a bit of a pain in the ass to be honest. It's it's took me nearly a year to get. I've been dealing with a guy called Richard Powers. He's good as gold, to be fair. I think he's at the Southwest Guide with England Boxing, but it's so much of a procedure to get get finally affiliated. But I'm nearly there, so I'm looking forward to getting getting getting. Uh, affiliated with them guys and then I can get the guys on the amateur road you know so that'd be great so, and then you'll probably yeah. end up being a pro coach as well won't you you'll end yeah, up that'll, doing it a... that'd be nice in the long run yeah definitely but in the meantime you've got you've got some titles to win and some yeah. career successes to have so definitely which, yeah, which yeah. Would, I'm looking forward to being a part of that Darren so thank you Steve yeah anyway, well, thank you so much for joining us tonight mate you look after okay. yourself and we'll Cheers, talk Steve. soon thank Take you care. mate see ya Cheers, mate. And that's Darren Townley from Plymouth, who's um, got his own gym set up and obviously in the hunt for titles in 2021. And finally, a young man who's only had two fights. He's got a bit longer to go, but he's definitely a man that's, uh, that's got the ability to win titles. And that's young Mark Butler. Let's get hold of Mark. Wait for Mark to join us. Hi, Mark. Hello, Steve. How you doing? You all right? I'm good, mate. I'm good. Um, yeah, so D Darren's had his, well, he's had th 15 fights. We've only had two, haven't we, so far? But um, I think 
I mean, we know how talented you are, and um, but you know, explain. It, it, it's been very hard for you ticket-wise, hasn't it? You've had you've had the experience of it. It's not easy. No. Yeah, to be fair, I, was, I, was, I thought I would have done done all right this time because I was doing the um, the training with the lads, and I was I getting rid of, I was getting rid of the tickets that way. So I, I think it'd be a bit easier for me now now that I'm doing that. Because I mean, you, you I mean, if people haven't watched you, they should go and sit some video out on YouTube because you're. I can't believe you don't have hundreds of people coming to watch you even at the moment because you're so exciting to watch. I mean, you, you're not one of these pitter patter merchants, are you? Nah, but I, I, I didn't really promote myself well enough in the amateurs. Oh, did you not? Nah, not really, nah. So, nah. so what did you, when you say that, what, did you not bother taking people with you? Did you just go and... No, I took, I took a few of my mates and that, but I, know, I never I never really like promoted myself really like I should have done. But it's not it's not easy though, is it? It's not easy. Nah. I know you're obviously getting the knack of it now. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad you are because... You, you, there's no, I'm one providing you can get through that particular problem, and there's no doubt for me you'll be winning titles. I mean, I think, I, I mean, yeah. I fancy to, I fancy you winning an English title very minimum, and that's the least I'd expect from you. But I mean, yeah. do you feel that as well? Yeah, well, my goal really is to be like the British champion, but mm. yeah, that, yeah, that'd be a goal of mine. Yeah, I mean, just just to be in some good fights as well, that's that's what I want to just to be in a uh, couple of good fights. That's, that's yeah. just one of being some well, you're good not fights. Scared, you're not scared of 50-50 fights, are you? Because you often nah. ask them, haven't you? Yeah, that's, oh, hopefully I can get some now that um, now that this has all gone on. Because I think there'll be a lot more people that are, are up for 50-50 fights now. I think you're 100% right. Because I think people are, I think what's going to happen is people are going to want to test themselves earlier to, to decide whether they're good enough to go on to the next level, aren't they? I think 100% yeah. that's going to happen. Um, and I, you know you can't blame them. It's you know there's I don't I think the days where people go and there's one boxer there and I'm not going to mention his name I don't manage him but you see them get to double figures plus and they're still fighting absolute nobodies and you think when I say nobodies I'm talking about people that they should have fought in fight two or three and that becomes yeah. pointless after a while doesn't it I mean it's I mean you yeah. I mean it's, it's just really so I mean it's I think from from your point of view you still got time on your side. Um, but yeah, I think you're definitely going to be in be in fights, and and there's no reason after about six or seven fights you can't be fighting for a title for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that'd be decent. That's yeah, that's sort of the what, what I'm hoping to go for. Yeah, some titles. Yeah, so tell, us, so tell us about who who trains you. I I train up in uh, in Brighton up uh, with my amateur coach uh, Richard Evans, and he, he's now gone pro. So uh, yeah, we stick together. So. We work well together, and Xavier Miller helps out, out yeah. a bit. Yeah, he's a, he's a good trainer, Xavier as well. Richard's good, and Xavier's good as well. So, what's yeah. it, what's it been like down in Brighton? Is everybody flocking to the coast? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really busy now. Like, last week, uh, all the beaches were well busy, and all that sort of stuff. Now, now no, social, no social distancing. No, no, it's not going on down here really. No. Really? Yeah, it's quite bad. The beaches were packed, but. Uh, so, are, you, are you are you looking forward to getting back in the gym again? Yeah, I, yeah. I hope hopefully, um, I think July the fourth we're looking to open up up again. Are you? Are, they, 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 are allowing, they, they are allowing they are allowing gyms open from pretty much now. Professional sportsmen are allowed to go. Are soon to be allowed yeah. to go back in. So it's the July. So yeah, gyms are the actual gym yeah. as in. Full gym for, for the yeah, for the amateurs, I think it's the the fourth of July. That's saying, right. But. Professionals can go in. Before, can go in before that so it's uh it's, yeah. really, it's really good but yeah it's uh 
I mean, is it, do you have much sparring down there? Is there many you can spar? Do you have to go outside for sparring? Yeah, yeah, most of the time, like up in like London and all that sort of stuff. But we we got a few people that come down to us, so it's, who, it's not too. Who, yeah, who's the toughest fighter you spar? What's been your hardest spar? My hardest spar. Then I've heard Yusuf pretty decent. Yusuf Kamara, he's, he's good. Yeah. Uh, Jack Jack Brooker, he was good sparring. Yeah, he's a good kid yeah. as well. Yeah. So keep going. Well, Mark, I think twenty twenty one will be will be will be towards the end of the year. I think we'll be heading for titles. So thanks a lot for joining us today, yeah. my friend. And, yeah, uh, cheers. Look forward to an exciting twenty twenty one. All right, all right. Thank you very much. All right, cheers. You take care, Mark. See you soon. All right, all right bye. Cheers, bye. mate. Bye. And that was uh, that was. Mark Butler, remember that name because he's a man that's going to be winning many, many titles. Now we're back here again Monday and Wednesday next week, as well as Sunday night, 6.30 on my Facebook Live page. That's where we do the questions and answers, so please feel free to come in then. Just to let you know, next Monday's guest, Leon McKenzie, former professional footballer, uh, former English title challenger. Miles Shinquin, former English title champion at light heavyweight. Simon Dowling, press photographer. And Richie Gray, former pro, who was who really has got so much for the sport in terms of he's got he was brilliant at marketing, an excellent fighter before injury curtailed his career. Thanks so much for watching tonight. We'll look forward to seeing you on Monday. If you want to come and see us on Facebook Live for questions, then please come and see us on Sunday. Thanks a lot. <laughs>